Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. We decided to talk about money when Rob West, host of Faith and Finance Live, Monday through Friday, Moody Radio, Florida, 4 p.m. He dropped by the show. He's our good friend, isn't he? Yes, he's a great guy. has such uh, wisdom, and uh, he just seems to take everything in balance and go with it. We're talking about, let's see, the what living in the land of what if. We talked about that. We took your calls as well. It was the Curtain Cape Mornings edition of Faith and Finance Live. In case you missed it, I mean, you don't know. Maybe somebody asked a question that you've got as well. Take a listen. Hi, Rob. Welcome back. It's been a while. It has been a little while. Good morning. We've talked, I think the last time you were with us, we were talking about Larry Burkett, the late Larry Burkett. He's home with the Lord and uh, Christian Financial Concepts. And he just uh, and he's written so many great books. Uh, he's just a great hero yeah. of the faith. He used to say this quotes from Larry right now. Get mm-hmm. ready, truth alert. Our anxieties usually are not related to the lack of things, but to the loss of things. And he would go on to explain that one of Satan's favorite tools to discourage us as Christians is the question. What if? He wants us to live in the land of what if, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. And it can unfortunately lead down the road to fear. And that's what we want to overcome today. You know, things are challenging out there. I mean, we're asking questions like, what if the economy gets worse and I can't pay my bills? What if I don't have enough for retirement? What if we have a medical emergency and our insurance won't cover it? Or what if I lose my job? And the problem with what if is that it makes us think about what might go wrong in the future. The challenge is we can't see the future, but we worry about it anyway, don't we? And that worry leads us to fear, and fear is a spiritual trap. You see, fear is the opposite of trust, and when we stop trusting God, we're right where the enemy wants us, taking our eyes off the goodness of God and focusing on our own problems instead. So it's all about perspective, fear or trust. And we can, of course, look to God's word. That's one of the antidotes to fear as we just renew our minds with scripture. We can talk about some of those passages today. And then I think there's also just some practical steps we can take to replace fear with faith in our financial lives. All right. So we're going to go to scripture and uh, apply it practically. But Rob Morgan, Robert Morgan, uh, he's been with us uh, recently. Uh, he's He's an author. He's written so many great books. One of them is the Red Sea Rules. The other one is the Jordan River Rules. Right. And this whole concept of uh, the God who led you in will lead you out and will lead you on. I love that, don't you? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that is so good. And, And I think that's really one of the keys is just to refocus our attention and our ultimately our trust in the Lord. And one of the, you know, byproducts of this when we get fearful in our financial lives is to just clench our fists down on whatever we have, which then takes us away from generosity and giving, which is really one of the things that loosens the grip of money over our lives. And so our ability to trust God even in the uncertainty and hold his money loosely, recognizing, you know, he's our provider and he's promises the promise to meet our needs is ultimately that demonstration of trust. You mentioned Larry Burkett. Another thing Larry would often say is that the way we handle money 
is the clearest indicator into what's happening in our lives spiritually, because it's that tangible daily expression of what I value and where we've placed our trust. And so we need to take a look at our financial lives and realize that even in the uncertainty, we can be a testimony to the world of God's faithfulness and our dependence on him. I remember he always used to say as well, another Larryism. if you want to know what your priorities are in life, just take a look at your checkbook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I don't think anybody uses a checkbook anymore, but the same idea same is idea. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's uh, see how many people still write uh, actual checks. Uh, call now. No, just kidding. I'm just <laughs> I wonder I wonder about Send that. some in now. Send some in now. Um let's talk about some scriptures. Some maybe a uh, some scripture that really has helped you deal with fear. Yeah. Well, I mean, first Jesus says in John 16:33 in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, when financial worries seem overwhelming, it helps to remember that we don't ever have to be afraid. We can endure troubles with confidence that God is good. Uh, Isaiah 41, 13, I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand, who says, do not fear I will help you. You see, God is in control of all of the details, and he will provide what we need at just the right time. And then finally, Psalm 27, 1, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? You see, the enemy wants us to worry that we might lose something, but in Christ, we gain so much more, including peace, no matter what the situation or circumstance. Wow, great scripture. God's word is awesome. What about some practical ideas to applying that and maybe some things we can do? Yeah, I would just say a few things. Number one, turn down the noise of the world and turn up God's voice if you really find yourself in a fear situation. And what I mean by that is perhaps, you know, if you're concerned about your finances and the economy, let's turn off that 24-hour financial media news cycle. That's not doing anything to calm you and refocus you on God's word. And let's turn up God's voice by just immersing ourselves in the scriptures. I think second is this idea of continuing to give even during uncertain times and when we're fearful, because giving breaks the power of money over our lives. Third, Mm -hmm. make a plan. You know, I think often we are fearful because we just don't know where we're headed, but the extent to which we have a plan, we've got a spending plan, we've got a long-term savings plan, we've got an investing plan, then we can have confidence that, okay, I'm just going to stay the course. And I realize there's there's cycles to the economy and my financial life, but I'm going to stay focused on the plan. And then finally, pray. I think this is an area in our lives that we fail to invite God in. And I think we just need to perhaps start by saying, God, I want to invite you into my finances. It's all yours anyway. I want to acknowledge your ownership. I want to be that faithful and wise steward. Lord, would you intervene in my financial life and do what only you can do as I seek to be faithful each day? Hmm. This is good stuff. Is everybody taking notes? Yeah. Yep. Maybe Mm. we knew some of the stuff, but we need to be reminded of it. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. All right, Rob, uh, let's go ahead and go to the phone. Let's go to Natasha in Lakeland. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Hi, good morning. Good morning. What's your question for Rob? Um, I just want to first say so thankful for the ministry, and we just started using the FaceFi app to help us be accountable with budgeting. Um, we have money in a 
uh, I bond right now. And it's been in there over 15 months and we were considering moving it and wondering where to move it. And just the second part of that, that may help is that, um, we also have money in a savings account, not earning anything. It's aside from our emergency fund. I'm just wondering about like a CD, money market account, or a high yield savings. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, thanks for what you shared. I'm so delighted you're using the FaithFi app and that the ministry has been helpful to you. Um, let's talk about the I-bonds for a second. Um, what is the purpose of this money? I mean, what is it earmarked for? Anything specific? Just really long-term savings, maybe future automobile, but not anything within the next 12 months. Okay. But it's not money you want to invest for the long-term, like put into a retirement account or something like that, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I would say go ahead and pull it out of that I-bond. I mean, the interest rate just ticked back up. It was at 4.3, and we're now up in the fives, and that's good for another six months. But I think next year when it, it uh, resets in April, it's probably coming down just because the Federal Reserve is so focused on getting inflation down. And obviously, I-bonds, inflation bonds, are going to be pegged to the consumer price index. So as that falls, the yield on these bonds is going to fall with fall with it. So I would say now is probably a pretty good time to go ahead and pull that money out. You will pay a three-month penalty for pulling it out in uh, less than uh, five years, but that's just three months of the last three months worth of interest. So you've obviously been earning a pretty good rate over the last, you know, 14, 15 months. Um, now where to go with that? Yeah, I think you've got a couple of options. I mean, CDs are pretty attractive right now. You can get them five and a half percent plus for a year. And so I think that's probably your best option for money that you can tie up for 12 months. Apart from that, just looking at a high yield savings account for this money, as well as the money that's not earning anything because you want it to be ready if you need it, but you don't, you know, want to, um, you know, take any risk with it. Uh, you could go to bankrate.com and find the online banks that are paying the best uh, rates right now on their high yield savings. And I think a combination of a, a one year CD plus the high yield savings would probably cover both of those buckets of money. Okay. Thank you so much. Again, we're so thankful for you guys and God bless you. Oh, oh thank, thank you so much. Thank thank That's you, great. Natasha. We appreciate you too. Blessings. Um, all right. So I got to ask you a question about the high yield savings accounts. Why mm. can some of these online banks give you a better interest rate than some of the brick and mortar ones? Yeah, it's just simply because their costs are lower. So they don't have to pay for all of the brick and mortar buildings and the staff that goes with it uh, because they're centralized with just an online operation. They're able to take all that money and just pass it along. So with a bank, the way they set those interest rates is they look for the spread between the cost of the funds and what they're paying out. So they loan it out at a certain interest that's higher than what they're paying out to their depositors, and then they keep the spread in between. So, you know, they have the ability at the online banks to really pass all of that savings along in the form of higher yields, which is why as long as you have FDIC insurance, uh, you know, in my mind, there's no reason not, at least for your savings account, to take advantage of one of those high-yield savings accounts. Yeah. I know some folks are like, uh, you know, I'm going with a big bank because uh, I know their name, they're everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, if you're online, you can be everywhere as well. But they kind of shy away from the small town banks, the the banks that are smaller that you haven't heard of. Um, What is your opinion on that? 
Yeah. You know, again, I think, I mean, there are online banks that are with large national companies. So, uh, you know, for instance, Marcus would be a good example. A lot of people haven't heard of Marcus.com and yet they're the retail side of Goldman Sachs, a massive financial institution. Uh, and Marcus.com would be considered an online bank, um, you know, in terms of the yields that they're paying and so forth, but they're connected to a major financial player. Uh, another one would be Ally Bank. I mean, they're massive, even though they're purely an online bank. So I think there are options if you're looking for size and strength that also give you the no fees and the high yield. Did you see in the news recently, uh, November 3rd deposits got hung up for some of the big banks, Chase and Wells Fargo and Bank of America. What was going on with that? Yeah, it was just kind of a, a glitch in the plumbing system, if you will, behind uh, these financial networks and platforms. You know, we're so dependent upon, uh, you know, technology to drive all of this. I was just at a a speech that uh, the Bank of America CEO gave last week uh, in Boston, Brian Moynihan. Uh, it was actually a prayer breakfast, which is really cool. But uh, he was saying that uh, a quarter of a billion dollars goes out of Bank of America ATMs every day. I mean, think about just oh the amount goodness. of wow. money that's moving through the system, wow. uh, usually flawlessly, but uh, every now and then there's a little glitch. Wow. Wow. Okay, let's take a texted question next. Okay. Here's one that came in uh, just just a little bit ago. Is it better to use an FSA for dependent care to pay for ch- daycare or instead write off daycare expenses while filing taxes, or is it the same either way? Yeah, I mean, it's really going to be the same either way because you're able to use pre-tax money. So that's the big idea is that, you know, you want to be able to pay for things pre-tax if possible, whether you get that by, you know, taking a deduction or not counting it toward your taxable income as it goes to a flexible savings account, that's fine. Or if you're able to turn around and then deduct it on the back end, that's fine too. A lot of folks, the FSA is going to be a better option simply because they don't itemize on their taxes, they take the standard deduction. Somewhere between eighty and ninety percent of taxpayers take the standard deduction, and if that's the case, that that FSA is going to be a better option. We have time for one more question, for Rob. So let's go ahead and go to it. Okay, someone said, "I live paycheck to paycheck. The Lord always provides and takes care of me. I just paid off my condo a few years ago. Yay for you!" My question is, I'm having some large expenses such as water, heater, air conditioning. I don't want to go into debt, any advice on how I can take care of these things? Yeah, it's a great question, you know, because so many folks right now are just really struggling with the expenses being Mm -hmm. up across the board. I mean, we go into the grocery store and it's more expensive than ever. I went to buy a few things the other day and walked out and spent over a hundred dollars. I was like, wait a minute. I have like three bags in my hand. What's going on here? I've been been there. Shocking, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, I mean, everything from utilities to, uh, you know, it seems like if we're, you know, services these days are are more expensive than ever. So, you know, it always goes back, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, but to your spending plan, just to say, what is my plan? And once we have the big four in place, which is your housing, your utilities, food on the table, and uh, and your transportation so you can get to and from work, I would say everything else is negotiable other than our giving. We ought to give faithfully. But, 
you know, we've got to look at every area to cut back so that we can have that margin because the margin or the cushion, the money left over at the end of the month is the key to every financial success in terms of being able to save for the future and pay down debt. And here's one other thing is that studies show that one of the best ways to overcome conflict in marriage over money is not necessarily what your income is. It's the fact that whatever your income is, you're living below it. And that cushion is really key to being able to have a, a healthy conversation and and uh, management of money as a couple. So I think that really is the key. You mentioned the FaithFi app, and it's a great time to check it out, especially if you're a, a Mint user. Three million people use the Mint app. It's closing down. They're shutting it down at the end of the year. Uh, so this really? is a great time for you to check out faithfi.com and click on app. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm. Rob, we got to cut you loose and let you go. We'll see you back here again maybe in a few weeks, and we'll chat. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the air, of course, today, 4 p.m. this afternoon here on Moody Radio for Faith and Finance Live. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Curtain Cape Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.